Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. I want to introduce someone who you all know because she's already on Word. But we are going to have a new segment. We're also introducing a new segment today. It's called Millennial Moment. And I really wanted to get it started because one, our uh, Celie McInnes, who is doing our Southern Cooking segment, he could not continue to commit to a weekly segment. He is a writer and a scholar and, and all those other things. So he gracefully gave us a lot of his time in 2023. But in 2024, he's going to come on more as a, a sometime correspondent. But this young woman, this young millennial woman, POC, you already know because she is the host of Eco Words that comes on Word on Friday at 10 a.m. So we're going to talk millennial generations and gaps and all those kind of things. How are you today, POC? Thank you so much for coming on. No doubt. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited for this new segment. I'm excited to get this new year kicked off. Um, I'm a fan of breaking down, you know, that generational gap or just that generational curve that everyone seems to be confused about. So I'm excited to talk about some different topics and some different things that, you know, people want to get off their chest here on WRD. <laughs> well, I, always, I also wanted to say that I hope you will be our translator because that's one of the things too that I said when I wanted to get this started. That there are some things that as we get older, we just, you know, I remember being young. You know, some old yeah. people get older and they act like they were never young. I'm not one of them. In fact, I very much so remember being young and having a good time and having fun. But now that I'm older, you don't realize you do change a little bit. You know, you do become a little bit more conservative. You do become a little bit more confused about the things that young folks do. But I guess we should get started by asking, what is a millennial? What is a millennial? I think that's crazy. Um when you think about it, uh, I looked it up. I wanted to make sure I had the dates correct. Okay. So a millennial, <laughs> a millennial is someone who was born between the times of 1981 and 1996. So that is considered to be a millennial. Um, but a millennial is also someone who's tech savvy. A millennial is someone who's also outside of these streets. <laughs> you know, right. A millennial is also a foodie and someone who loves fashion at the same time. So I think that's a lot of different generations. I think we just are loud and a little bit more proud. And, and I would say, you know, a sense of, about who we are as millennials. And we, we really put our foot down on a lot of different things. So that's why the millennial generation gets called out a little bit more than others. But other than that, you know, it's just a group of people that was born between 1981 <laughs> and 1996. But I love that you've set the tone for some of the things, as you said, foodie. I mean, it just seems like everybody has a food blog, a food like, wouldn't everybody get into eating like that? I mean, not that we, you know, people had gourmet and they love to eat before millennials, but still in all, it, it is, a, it is, it's a thing now. And also the influencer culture, I think we have to consider that something that is very millennial millennial because now you have the opportunity as a millennial to make a living by doing things on social media and online. And I mean, yeah. that's something that we couldn't have done because the technology wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
you know, again, that's why millennials stand out is because we grew up in that technology. Well, we grew up in that phase where technology was growing at the same time. So the same the same time that the technology was developing, we were growing up, you know, so we had the the gigabytes and the terabytes. And we also had the moments where we had the dial up Internet as well. We couldn't just pop up and get to the Wi-Fi on our cell phones like we can currently do now. So I think that when it comes down to, you know, you think about the influencer uh, culture. It came along with us learning social media as social media grew, us learning how to develop, you know, a voice or a platform and utilizing a free platform and make it in our own. So I think that when it comes down to that influencer, um, uh, millennial, I guess, space, mm-hmm. it really came down to people just saying, hmm, this is an easier way for me to make money versus me sitting in a cubicle for 40 hours a week. Right. Let me figure out how I can sell this Avon, the same thing my mom is selling. She's selling Avon, but she's just going door to door. Let me sell this Avon by just making a quick video and, you know, putting my face out there with it. Right. It's, it's the same hustle. We're just doing it, you know, smarter, not harder. That's a great <laughs> idea, actually, to sell Avon, like on Instagram Live or something like that. That's what, you know, I'm going to have to use that one. Um, but that's the great thing, I think, about millennials is they're embraced because they grew up and they are native to technology that some things just come naturally and easily to them. I still struggle to do an Instagram post. I mean, I thought I was, you know, doing something and I'm looking at people doing all kind of outfit changes and wardrobe this and that. I'm like, how are they doing all of that? Like I need an Instagram tutorial because there are so many different apps and things that you can use. And, you know, when I think of millennials, I almost think of them as the app generation because it really is, there's an app for that. There's an app for almost everything. You can get your food on an app. You can order your clothes on an app. You can do so many things with technology. And so it, Tanya, let me ask you a question. Do you think that that has created my generation of millennials to be lazy because that's that's like the the stigma that follows along with there's an app for this and an app for that that this generation is so lazy because you can just order your groceries through your house like what's your thoughts on that I think laziness cuts across all generations. I don't think it is something that is specific to millennials. I think that what it is when you talked about 40 years working in a cubicle, there are so many of us that are older people who that is kind of how we came up thinking that we were going to work in an office or a cubicle or middle management unless we had aspirations to do creative things or unless we were entrepreneurs because, you know, there were people who were doing restaurants and barbershops and all those kinds of things that have always been been a part of our community. So I yeah. think what it is, it's, it, it, there are some people who are older who feel like it's almost like y'all got a, a, a heads up that maybe we didn't get or a leg up that we didn't get because of the easy access to technology. And there are some people who may feel uh, a little envious of that, you know, because we couldn't do all those things online. But now I think when it comes to working certain kinds of uh, entry level jobs, there are people now who feel like, yeah, we don't have to do that because we can make that money or more just sitting at home on a phone or on our computer. So is it lazy or is it the fact that it's work smart, not hard? (laughs) You know, simple. Yeah. And, and to piggyback on two things you said, one, you know, um, feeling like we got a leg up. I think that is the purpose of a generation that comes before another. We are supposed to provide space and opportunity and create different um, 
ways that journeys can be re- reached. You know, we don't want you to go through the same steps and the same obstacles that we had to go through right. in order to get to where we want, you know, to get to. So we do want to give you that leg up. We do want to give you that inside scoop. We do want to give you that valuable information so you can, um, you know, miss this ditch and, and miss this left when you can really just make that right. So um, I appreciate the the generation you know, um, or the baby boomers or, you know, the, uh, the uh, generation, uh, X, that's what I'm trying to get out. The generation X before us that, uh, came before us. So we can, you know, want to be ambition and want to inspire to do something that you actually had an idea about, but you just couldn't go get. And now we have the ambition and the idea you put that together. That's a melting pot of people who are changing the world, you know? So I think that, um, that leg up is a blessing. And I wish that more Generation X continue to provide leg ups for us as millennials. Um, and then also when it comes down to um, the technology, to me, Tanya, I think that's an excuse. You can do that right now. You know, the same tablets that we are picking up to to figure out how to make an app is the same tablets you can pick up to figure out how you can sell your cakes and your pies and the same recipes you've been cooking for the past 20 years. Right. So there's so many things that you can do now versus trying to put us down because we're utilizing these tools right. to advance ourselves in our careers. Um, even as individuals, you know, some people just like to be on uh, technology just because they want to figure out how they can change the world or how they can be the most innovator. So I think that when it comes down to the Generation X or baby boomers, they have the same opportunity to get right on that tablet, right on that laptop, right on that MacBook and figure it out for themselves. But they may not have the same skill set. And that's where y'all come in (laughs) because Mm -hmm. even me (laughs) trying to explain. And the thing is, older people love technology. Most older people that I know, they want to, you know, my mom is in her 80s and she's always asking me about various things that she wants to do and try on the computer. And then, you know, there are some people that have resistance to it and, you know, if they just didn't grow up that way and it becomes intimidating for them, you know, because the other thing I think people don't sometimes realize when it comes to older people, as you get older, a couple of things you do start declining on. Sometimes it could be your memory. Sometimes it could be your vision. (laughs) You know, you got some big glasses. You got to look at that tablet with you got to hold the tablet out, you know, four feet. It's going to be harder for you to pick up some new skills, you know, because you're adjusting around some of the things that may decline. Uh, And then sometimes there are health challenges and and those kinds of things. And, you know, these are all things that could happen across the board too. But sometimes there is a resistance because it's intimidating because you're not Mm -hmm. native to that technology. You know, if you grew up with a TV set, then obviously you know how to turn it on and off and and use the remote control and all that kind of stuff. But if you didn't, it might've been an adjustment from radio or whatever it was that you were used to at that point. So we're just seeing the modern day equivalent of that, that you may have grown up with, you know, a rotary phone, something that a millennial can't even imagine. You know, I love when they do those reaction videos and the kids are like, what is that? And it's something (laughs) that we know intimately, you know, or they show things on social media and they're like, do you know what this is? And it's like, you know, a VHS tape or something. And young people are like, oh, so that's what y'all used to do back in the day or don't (laughs) even recognize it at all. So that's kind of funny sometimes. But um, technology can be intimidating. And I know I get impatient with my mom and she's like, can you show me how to do whatever? So if I've got some young person and they're like, you know, especially my nieces sometimes they're like, auntie, you don't know how to do it. It's like, no, <laughs> that's why I'm asking you because it's not as for easy sure. for me to use it as it is going to be for you. Cause you grew up with, that was your norm, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But Tanya, again, you know, with all due respect, uh, again, my millennial self, I'm going to say that's an excuse. You feel me? And if people <laughs> don't agree, and if people do not agree, I'm always encouraging you all to give us a call. We want you to join on this conversation, you know. So, um, but for me, I, I think that that's an excuse too, because for us as baby boomers, Generation X and millennials, one thing we have in common, again, that I stated in a conversation was we all grew up with technology at the same time. So if you think about it, the baby boomers were probably in their late 40s, early 50s. The Generation X was 19, 20, 30 when this was happening. And then we as generation, I mean, we as the millennials, we were babies going into it. So we all had the same thing in common. So when you speak about the word resistance, baby boomers, they were already in their comfort zone. They were already, what, 10 years up until retirement. They were already good with the typewriter. They were already good with the Xerox machine. You know what I mean? (laughs) They were cool with these things. So when it came down to, hey, we're about to implement Microsoft Excel into your computer or we're about to update, you know, um, from uh, sending uh, I think it was IM or instant messages instant to message, emails. Yeah. Now, yeah. now emails, <laughs> you're like, man, I got 10 years to retire. I got five years to retire. I'm not worried about none of this. So mm-hmm. then you come out of retire or you go into retirement again, pushing away the technology because you didn't want to have anything to do with it while you were still in that work zone or still in that work period. And then you have the generation X who came in and it's like, it's being thrown at you. You went to college, you went through high school and now you're in your mid twenties, almost 30. And it's just throwing you, you got to know how to do it. You got to know how to do it. Gotta, 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 gotta. So it's like very fast paced. So it was like, it was just given to you all as you were like just getting started and you had no choice, but to like implement that into your lifestyle as a generation X. And then, you know, for us as millennials, it was just something that we gravitated towards as it became more advanced and it innovated itself you know, throughout our life, our lifetime period. Right. So I think that that's the biggest thing that we have in common is that technology was there. It's just when you talk about that resistant word, um, it was it was just how each generation looked at it when it first came out. But you got to think about when you're a kid, when people present things to you as a kid, your learning is going to be that much more quick. Because it's just someone's hand, you know, from your ABCs to technology, it's like, here's what we're giving you. And you're going to pick that up and you're going to absorb that as a kid, where, as you correctly said, as a baby boomer, if you got technology at that point, you're like, okay, you know what? This is a lot to learn because it's not native. But I think as time has gone on, obviously people want to embrace technology because you, you can't now at this point. You can't live without it. If you don't mm-hmm. have Wi-Fi at this point, if you don't have a cell phone, I don't know how you live. You do because mm. people live off the grid and live in all these different ways. But <laughs> they really do. Yeah, they really they, do. they really do. <laughs> but it is in and, and in some cases, I understand it because sometimes mm-hmm. you feel like living simply like we can remember when we didn't have to carry phones with us all the time. And the crazy thing is like when I go out now and I'm like in a public place and it used to be you would be in a public place or the train or the bus and you'd make conversation with people and you'd interact with them. Now everyone's face is in a phone. And it's so interesting because you're like, well, if you're out in public and you're interacting with somebody that you can't even see on a phone or that you're texting or FaceTiming, whatever, you're ignoring so many of the things that are right in that space with you. Agreed. 
and you Mm -hmm. don't get a chance to interact with people. So that can be alienating too, because the other thing about being older is that you sometimes will go out in public because, and and not even older, this can really be anybody, you go out in public so that you can have some interaction and we're not all siloed in our different little spaces. But then when you end up going out, people are still siloed in their spaces because they're into their phones, into their various technologies. So that's part of this dance of generations that I think that we do as well. Mm -hmm. But in in that, in that space, you know, um, baby boomers are on Facebook. You know, they're going to get that picture. They're going to get that grandbaby <laughs> shot and they go upload it to their Facebook. So they're definitely in tune with right. letting get this picture conversation. Um, but one thing that I wanted to say to to uh, back up what you were just talking about um, on social media, there was a posting of the back view of when the ball dropped in New York mm-hmm. in Times Square mm-hmm. and every last person had their phone up watching the ball drop through their phone versus just looking up and watching it through their actual eyes. You know, they were watching it through their phone as they were recording it. So I definitely agree with you in all ages is in in Times Square on New Year's Eve watching the ball drop. And and when you look at this picture, you just see a bunch of people. Like it was like a time lapse to me, kind of sort of looking at the picture, seeing people just watching the ball drop through their phone versus looking up and actually seeing it themselves. And they do the same at concerts. And I would say that is my number one pet peeve. I do not want to watch a concert through your phone or through your (laughs) iPad. Even worse, you didn't put a big old iPad up to record the concert. But here's the thing. I can't say that that's only millennials because I've seen plenty of grown folks do it too. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes we we blame young people for things that we ourselves are also (laughs) doing it's like, mm-hmm. now maybe y'all started that, but now it's like everybody does that. If you go to concerts and it's like, but I paid to see this actual live person in front of me. I did not yeah. pay to watch it through your phone or through your iPad, which is so much worse, you know? So it's how we interact with technology that I think is the most significant thing. And to your point about laziness, I think sometimes people do feel like some of these Instagram influencer things are not earned. And then sometimes it's the customer service that you feel like, you know, for example, we both wear locks. Like, I don't know who your loctician is, but now you can't even find a loctician, you know, by word of mouth. You got to go through Instagram and sometimes mm-hmm. they might come to your house and, you know, it, it. there's quality control that is lacking sometimes in some of these Instagram businesses. And, and that can be an issue because then, you know, where, where, where do you go to complain about it? You can't go to Instagram because I don't know anyone <laughs> who has successfully uh, talked to any of these social media platforms about anything. You can never find a person. And that's another <laughs> thing I think that we that's are enough. used to. We just want to talk to a human being. They're like, no, um, we'll open up this chat for you. <laughs> and that takes some getting used to, too. So there are just all these things that we experience in different ways because of different ages. But I think it is fun for me to see, particularly with these YouTubers that are doing all this content. And I'm saying, wow, you're 22, 23 years old and you're living in this 25,000 square foot house that you got from producing content on YouTube. Wow. That's just mind blowing, you know, to think that that's what you also do. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but I was going to say, you also got to think when you think YouTube, it's more like a streaming service. Mm -hmm. So they're 
they're creating their own sense of reality TV. That was just the point I was going to make. So we growing up, we grew up off of reality TV that was a little bit more scripted. It was a little bit more, you know, um, had characters involved into the situation versus right. on YouTube. It's like people just being themselves or waking up, showing you how they make their food, showing you how they walk their dog. And it's to me, it's so crazy how intuitive people are about other people's lives. Right. And I think that, that that goes back to what you mean when you say how we interact with social media and differently. Because that's what kids these days like. They literally sit down and watch other kids open their toys. You know, we're talking about um, Generation Y when I speak of that. You know, they really sit down and they watch these, these uh, I guess, like influencer babies. Right. Because it doesn't have an age limit to an influencer nowadays. POC, I got to take this break. Do you want to come back for another segment? Sure, we can keep talking. Okay, let's go uh, to take this break. We'll be right back with more Reality Check after this break on Word. And we are back with Reality Check. And I have the enormously talented POC, the host of Eco Words at 10 a.m. on Friday. And she is joining me for a new segment called The Millennial Moment. And we're talking about all things generational. So POC, technology has been a big part of millennials' lives. And you guys are crushing it. We were just talking about the YouTube reality stars and how much money that they're making doing all these content and you're saying that this is your generation's reality tv yeah i feel like it is you know um when you think about what people are doing on these streaming websites such as like twitch and youtube um they're really just showing what they're doing on a daily basis you know some of it of course is um flabbergasted but you know some of it of course is illusion <laughs> Um, please don't get caught up, you know, as I'm sitting here saying all this, I am not saying all of this is real and people are really doing this, you know, um, authentically. Some people, you know, do make these things up as they go, but it tends to work. Um, right. so yeah, I was, to get back to my point, I was just saying that, uh, when you are watching these people streaming, they're not sketching these things. These are what people are, this is what people are doing to just really make money, showing them their lives, you know, how, is Tanya making her egg versus me going into a cookbook making my eggs? I could just copy what Tanya's doing off of the off the live stream. Yeah, it seems that they do that a lot on TikTok. I hear they have these quick TikTok because TikTok. I was like, I, and the interesting thing about TikTok, there are older people on TikTok that have some platforms that are doing really well. For me, mm-hmm. I was just like, I can refuse to download another app. I just will not do it because I get caught <laughs> up in the, and that's the thing is that so many, so much of social media is so distracting because there's mm-hmm. so much information being bombarded at you from any of the platforms, from Twitter to Instagram to YouTube. And I just wonder how young people deal with all of that stuff coming at them all the time. Are you used to it or is it contributing to increased anxiety and increased um, feelings of depression and and despair among young people? I think it's a crease of the conversation of self-care. You know, I think it's an increase of the conversation of people actually saying the word no. I think it's an increase of people actually wanting to choose things um, that make them happy and serve them. I think that's where the conversation shifts to a little bit more. Um, 
because when you think about, you know, being in the space and let's just go back to what we were talking about, working somewhere for 40 years, putting in that 50 plus years for retirement. Um, and you think about millennials and technology, because you just bring, bring it all together. When you think about millennials and technology, there's so many ways where you can actually find that seven streams of income while you're sitting in that cubicle at the same time. So you are f- figuring out ways of how you can, you know, um, get money while working, get money while you're sleeping, getting money while you're taking your kids to football or, you know, cheerleading practice. So I think with millennials, we want to find more ways of how we can put ourselves first versus putting that employer first or versus putting society before us as well. Right. That's an interesting point. But I think also that's another thing that this uh, culture of technology has uh, generated is the fact that people now feel like they have to work all the time because you can make these various dreams of income by doing these various things. But as you said, you're trying to take your kids to the, you know, the football game or the soccer practice. (laughs) And you're thinking about all these things. Are you really there, though, when you're constantly thinking about, you know, and what happens sometimes I see these families Um, because I follow some YouTube couples and, you know, they have kids and they have their families and some of them are amazing, look like they have absolutely fantastic lives. But at some point it's like, where does the camera stop and where does your real life begin? Mm -hmm. That's, that's a great point. Um, But then you really can't uh, knock them for that because when you think about the Kardashians, they've been living in this bubble of reality TV of when does the camera turn off? for what, 15, 20 years now? I feel like we grew up with Kim Kardashian. Oh, for sure. Kind of, sort of, like, just being in their lives. So when you see how a family can go from, um, I would never say they were middle class, but, you know, a, a, a family that was not so publicized at a certain right. period of time to now never leaving the tabloids, never leaving the front page, probably gracing the cover of every popular magazine that America has, or even, you know, across the to European magazines um, have to offer. So when you think about this, this one particular, and I call them out because a lot of people base their situations around how the Kardashians got on, how Kim Kardashian, Chloe, all of these people got on. And it's like, I can do that too. You know, just like how we think about the, the Michael Jordans, the MJs around the world. I can do that too. But some people are not good at basketball. Some people are not good at rapping. So right. it's like, I'm good at being cute. I'm good at fashion. I'm good at talking to people. So let me go out there and put my opinion and see how, how fast it sticks to the wall. And once it sticks, it's up, you know, <laughs> it's really up. But is that a good thing? That's where I think we have to think about, you know, is all of this scrutiny, is all of this, you know, again, we're talking about when I look at some of these couples, YouTubes, we're talking about, and they're young and they're just starting out in their journey. In fact, it was so funny. I watched DDG, who is Halle Bailey's baby daddy, the rapper, and he posted- Not a a baby daddy. (laughs) Well, that's what he is. He posted- uh, They're currently together. That could be her boyfriend. (laughs) Boyfriend and- baby daddy okay but he posted (laughs) see there goes a generational moment right there but he posted a clip and he was talking about becoming a father and how and it was it was it was like cringy and cute 
and uh, adorable all at the same time because he was like, you know, having a baby, it's like being a gamer. I don't get tired of playing <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. It was so funny the way he was referencing being a father. But even in his conversation, you're like, this is a lot of personal information that's being shared because he's creating content because that's mm-hmm. part of what he does in order to uh, advance his career. And part of the reason why he was saying that I guess they didn't tell the world because, you know, people were speculating for months and months that she was pregnant is that they wanted to have a little bit of privacy about it. And now she's had the baby. Now they can talk about it. And, you know, they'll be vlogging, I'm sure, and and doing what they've been doing just with the baby Mm -hmm. in tow. But does that take away from, you know, that's a lot of pressure. You've got a relationship. You've got a new child with everything that comes with that. And you've got to keep pumping out all this content. Is that pressure? Is that something that is just native that that young people are just so used to being scrutinized and filmed and and, in FaceTime that it doesn't bother them in the same kind of way? Um, I would say 50-50. It's crazy. I'm actually looking at a statistic right now. It says more than 70%, more than 74% of millennials feel that technology makes life easier. And then 54% feels that technology helps them to be closer to friends and family. Mm. So I think that, you know, when you think about um, the question at hand is more or less the person, right? Um, because some people idolize these folks, you know, so they think about it as, oh, I have people who are listening to me, watching me and want to be like me. So why not let me show them tidbit by tidbit and then maybe charge them $3.25 to get an exclusive subscription right. or something, you know, so it's really a marketing ploy as well as a business, a brand. You know, most millennials, including myself, believe themselves to be a walking, living, breathing brand. You know, I am a business. I am a company. You know, so when it comes down to the, my talent, my voice, whatever it may be, I want to find some way to get paid off of that. Right. So I, I think that it, it's really the mindset of the person. And then also how much influence, back to that influencer conversation, how much influence do you actually have on the platform in which you have subscribers and or followers? And if you look at the definitions of, of what a follower is and what a subscriber is, it is people who are sitting there watching you and making your every move. And you're going to keep feeding them that bad content. That's why they either follow you or either, either why they're subscribed to you. And for, I think from our perspective as older folks, it seems so invasive and pervasive at the same time. And that is well, something. Well, you watch, you watch um, General <laughs> Hospital just like they're watching DG. You know what I mean? You like when, when you think about your generation uh, or not your, I'm not going to put you in a box, but when you think of, well, you are your generation. You are an ex, correct? Or are I'm grown. Yeah, I'm grown. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about Generation X, right? You think about, you know, uh, general hospital, you think about your soaps, like I'm not missing my soaps. I need to watch my soaps in my lunchtime. That is the same thing as watching your streaming. Yeah, you know, it's the exact same thing. I don't think it's quite the same because the general hospital folks, once they left that set, they could go on about their life. You're talking about people who are on uh, on YouTube and, and this is part of 
their entire life. And that's what I'm saying. Where's the, the split there? And you know what they say all the time now on uh, the internet. They say, touch grass because they realize that people are out here and they don't. They're just on their phones or on their um, devices all the time. And sometimes I think you do got to go touch some grass. Otherwise you get caught into this mindset that the world online is the whole world. But we will have further debate on this, I'm sure, going forward. Thank you so <laughs> much, BLC. This has been a great segment. This is our new segment. POC is going to come on twice a month. It's our millennial moment. And she's going to explain some of these things to uh, an older audience so we can figure out how to navigate a little bit better with our younger folks and really in our lives. We appreciate you so much. And of course, we want you to tune in to POC on Friday at 10 a.m. for Eco Words. Thank you so much. No doubt. Peace. Thank you, Tanya. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.